Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Today, we're doing our Golden Bowl ceremony. Let me give you a little bit of a preview. Um, We do believe that the start of a new year can be the start of a brand new way of living, of being. And we're going to support you in that with a bit of a ritual later on. We're going to ritualistically walk away from the things that are no longer serving us. And then we're going to embrace some new piece of newness. and, And we'll help you with that in a little bit. But it occurs to me that this might be perceived as just a kind of a a way of making New Year's resolutions. And I think we all know what typically happens with New Year's resolutions. And so uh, so I kind of want to take this a little more seriously and put a little more forethought into it, maybe, than what we've done around New Year's resolutions before. And so I want to maybe describe a little bit around how New Year's resolutions are different than what we're talking about now. And of course, I managed to find a joke. So let's start with that. Peter at work on January 2nd turned to his friend Ken and asked for a cigarette. Wait a minute. I thought you had a New Year's resolution to quit smoking. Oh, I did, said Peter. But it's quite a process, you know. I'm still in phase one. Phase one? What's phase one? Well, that's the phase where you still smoke, but you feel pretty guilty about it. And you, and you bum cigarettes from friends instead of buying them. And, and then after a while, I'll be in phase two. Oh, so then you'll stop smoking. Well, no, no, no. Phase two is where you only sneak cigarettes in private and feel really guilty about it. <laughs> Ken thinks for a minute and then asks, well, is there a phase three? Do you really eventually stop? Well, I suppose so, says Peter, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> That's kind of my impression of the way our New Year's resolutions sometimes work, and I want to talk about two ways to shift that consciousness. First, right back to the idea of we have to walk away from ourselves in a way. Our lives, however they are, have brought us to this point right now, and we, we are this thing, this person that we are right now with our, our existing ideas and habits and ways of being and all of that, and it's probably unlikely to think that just magically there will be room in our lives for newness unless we're willing to get rid of some of the oldness. I mean, I can even just ask for a show of hands. Who here has, say, 20 extra hours in their week to spend on something completely new? Right? Oh, 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 all right. Good for you, Rosemary. Awesome. I'll speak to you later about that. (laughs) But, But most of us, I know, the thought of embarking upon newness means, wait a minute, where's it going to fit in? Where, where am I going to handle this idea of newness? And, and, And my favorite example happened a couple years ago. You know, we do this every year and part way into the new year, a few years ago, this gentleman came up to me and said, remember me from the golden ball service? And when people start out that way. I'm kind of like, um, yeah. (laughs) And he said, well, that, you know, my intention for the year and you stood as a loving witness to it was that I was going to bring a special someone in, but into my life, you know, I'm ready to be married again, or at least to have a special woman in my life. And, and I went through the golden bowl ceremony and I've been praying about it and, and, you know, he's working it up and I'm thinking, well, what's he going to do? Ask for his money back. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know where this is going, but he 
was really disappointed. And so I said, well, okay, let's just, let's just talk for a minute about what your life is like. And you know, he did the sweetest job of illustrating what the life of a bachelor is like. And I asked a few questions about, about his life and how things unfolded. And, and I mean, I, it was in some ways that bizarre cliche of bachelorhood. As an example, I remember he told me that for dinner he would eat over the kitchen sink because it was just him. And that way he didn't need a plate to wash. And, and anything that fell out of his mouth would just be in the sink and he could wash it away, you know? And so that, you know, that was kind of, and of course, you know, uh, it, why, you know, why not, right? But that he was describing the life of someone who lives by themselves and doesn't take particular care as to social niceties. And I gotta ask you, is that the kind of a guy that's apt to attract much into his life other than maybe someone who wants to date and go out to dinner and things like that? Do you see the trouble here? There wasn't really room in his life for someone new beyond just casual dating because he was the bachelor. And so if he wanted to go beyond that, he actually had to give up part of who he was. Now, it isn't to say that his dreams and ideals and the way he, it wasn't to say he had to give up individuality. And I think some people worry, well, if I have to change myself to be in a relationship, I'm giving up who I am. I'm giving up my individuality. And I say, well, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But you have to make room in your life for being with other people. You have to be willing to participate in coupledom. You need to be willing to get beyond that idea of what a date would be like and embrace the idea of what it is like to build a life with someone who has their own ideas and so on, right? It isn't about giving up, but it's about participating in something greater. And what you do have to give up is that rigid idea of who I am now in order to embrace who I might become. And so we talked about that, and a few weeks later he called and said he decided to stay single. <laughs> but, but you know what? I think that is a great idea, right? because he had some clarity in his life about what he wanted and what he didn't want. And no longer did he come up and, and give me the sad story of I'm living by myself. Then it was like, no, I really thought this true. And by gosh, I'm living by myself and this is a good idea. So, so either way, through the process of clarification, through the process of understanding what it is you want and the process of deciding whether I'm gonna make room for that or not, this is the good news. Now, I do want to give you another example of something that uh, uh, is, is a more personal example, one that you might say is uh, more successful. Well, actually, I'll give you a couple examples. I think I have time just to squeeze in a couple small ones. Uh, so for one thing, I actually made my New Year's intention last year to finish a novel that I'm working on. And I got to tell you, it's off to the, for the final copy editing now, and it will be published probably next month, right? So very successful. And my life is not the same as it was a year ago. I had to become a different person 
in order to finish writing. And I had to become an author, right? I had to give up about 15 to 20 hours a week of my time for writing. I had to commit that over to doing something. I had to have the willingness to spend some money on hiring a developmental editor that told me the first 60 pages of my novel were boring as hell. And I had to pay money for someone to tell me that, right? <laughs> I had to be willing to do what was necessary to improve my style in some areas and to, to set up to get that kind of feedback. I, I joined a writer's group. In short, I became a different person because it was important to me. Now, if I had simply taken it as a New Year's resolution, what might that have sounded like? I'm going to work on my book this year. Do you see the difference? A resolution is a wishful, hopeful thing. I'd like to lose 35 pounds. I'd like to finish my book. It would be swell if I got a new car this year. All gone by December 15th. All of them. You can bet on it. So the other piece of this, not only do you have to make room, not only do you have to be able to let go of who you are and how you're showing up right now in favor of something new, you have to put forward the energy, the stick to the plan. You have to actually build a plan on how you're going to get there. Now, did I know how to be an author? I absolutely didn't. I had to put together a plan. I, I did a lot of research on the internet. I interviewed a few authors. I joined a writing group. I, uh, I interviewed a, a bunch of editors and learned what the different stages of editing is and what you, right? It was like I went back to school. I had to make the time for that. I had, of course, writing to do, duh. <laughs> but well beyond that, I had to learn who I was to become as a writer. Now, I want to use one more example, one that I'm not quite in process through yet, because midway through the year, I also took the intention of losing 60 pounds. Now, I will tell you, I'm feeling pretty successful. I have lost 35 pounds, but I'm not done yet. And in fact, I have neither gained nor lost any weight for almost three months now, two and a half months. And so what occurs to me is... I didn't change enough. I now have the consciousness of someone who weighs 115 pounds, which is marvelous, or two, excuse me, 215 pounds, yeah. Well, I'm future thinking, future thinking. Uh, and believe me, when you did weigh 260, 215 is a marvelous thing. And you might ask, well, how did you do that? What was your magic secret? My magic secret was learning how thinner people eat and exercise. And I actually went to a class at, at Kaiser Permanente called, uh, uh, called uh, 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 Proper Eating and Nutrition so that I could actually learn how a healthy person might go approaching their diet and exercise, right? I had to become a different, more successful person where especially eating and nutrition came about. I had to learn how people who actually weigh what I want to weigh, I had to learn what their habits are. I had to learn how to eat more healthy. And 
I would suggest I haven't quite gotten there yet. I still have about another 25 pounds to go. And so what that tells me, not that I've been a failure. Now, see, here's the important message here. I have learned to almost become the person I want to be, right? Right? So we're just talking about a little tweaking here. Still very successful. We all make uh, attempts and movement towards our goals and objectives. And if we're not immediately successful, we don't give up on them. We just recognize, well, I've taken four or five steps along the path I want to go, and there are more to come. And we put additional plans in place for doing that. And so I'm thinking of getting an exercise coach that can help me with some additional movement forward this year, right? I'm already getting the plan. I'm not just being in that place of wishful, hopeful, gosh, I'd really love to lose the other 20, 25 pounds, right? I actually have a plan for becoming a different person. And notice I'm also not defining it as exterior activities. I'm not just saying I'm putting together a plan for cutting my calorie intake. Do you see the difference here, right? I'm putting together a plan to be a different person, a person who naturally eats more healthily and enjoys their exercise. You see the difference? Big difference. Okay, so we're going to talk now about our Golden Bowl ceremony. It's going to be very simple. In your programs, you have two slips of paper. One of them is a white slip of paper. One of them is a gold slip of paper. The white slip of paper is what you need to walk away from. The white slip of paper is where you write down what it is you want to give up, some old way of being, something that's wearing you down, something that is keeping you from being the, the success in whatever endeavor you want. The white piece of paper is going to end up in this box called Troubles Here, and I'm going to have a little bonfire with it later. We can't do it here. We have smoke alarms. But uh, uh, later in the day, I'll take it outside in our yard, and we'll light it up, and it will all all be gone. So think about what you want to give up. It's going to go in there on the white pieces of paper. And then here at the end of our little line, we have our actual golden bowl. It sits upstairs in the practitioner room all year. And so your intentions for this coming year, think of it as something you really want to work on all year and have the practitioner support you in prayer. That will get written on the, the yellow or goldish piece of paper. And we're going to move forward through this process. You'll start at that end. Um, I'll have two people here who, who will honor and, uh, and acknowledge you with a ceremonial hand washing that we're done with the old thing, that we're walking away from the old thing. And then you'll move forward and there will be three of us doing individual blessings. So you'll say, what I want in this coming year is financial freedom. And I'll, I'll stand there or, or one of my colleagues will stand there and witness it. So that's going to be the process. Before we get there, though, a moment of silence, and I'd like you to close your eyes. And I want to read something from Howard Thurman. I think that might act as a bit of inspiration for us. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Despite the dullness and barrenness of the days that pass, if I search with due diligence, I can always find a deposit left by some former radiance. 
I'd simply forgotten. At the time, it was fully orbed, glorious, resplendent. I would sure that I would never forget this intention. In the moment of its fullness, I would sure that it would illuminate my path for the rest of the journey. But I had forgotten how easy it is to forget. There was no attempt to betray what seemed so sure at the time. My response was whole. It was clean and authentic. But little by little, there crept into my life the dust and the grit of the journey. Detailed, lower level demands, all kinds of cross currents. Now nothing momentous, nothing overwhelming, nothing flagrant, just wear and tear. If there had been some direct challenge to my goal, a clear-cut issue, I would have fought it to the end and beyond. So in the quietness of this place, surrounded by all the pervading presence of God, my heart whispers to me, keep fresh before me these moments of my high resolve, that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempests, in the days when the darkness and the foe may be nameless or familiar, I may not forget that to which my life is today committed. Keep fresh before me these moments of my high resolve. So whenever you're ready, place what you're giving up in the white box and move forward in the line to be blessed. So let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, just this one thing that I call God. And what I know about God is that it is the God that is always saying yes. That as we hold in our hearts and our minds our intentions for this coming year, as we make room in our lives for that newness that we desire, as we're willing to accept what, whatever is necessary for us to change so that the world can change, I offer all this up to that God that says simply, yes, yes, yes. And so for this, I am grateful. I'm grateful to be a loving witness to the newness that will start walking through this door Sunday after Sunday. Grateful to, to be that friend and witness to, to folks as their lives simply blossom and change and in amazing and unexpected ways, as, as well as some of the ways that we have more clearly intended on this day. I simply am grateful for the life, the love, and the illumination in this very room today. And in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be as God says yes. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. 
Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.